They know what they're looking for. It's kind of like the Dow Jones, right? It's going to be slumps. There might be a depression. Historically, with a really good product, everything's going to keep climbing. They brought uh, Brent back, who's been a part of that, who saw the Nashville Championship days, who saw how things were built with Bob. And obviously, there's that piece. You know, Brent being at, at Clemson and being around Dabo, the Nashville Championship deal, got him outside the system, but brings that with him. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, you know, they've, they've had a number of their players that, that transferred, uh, really good players, including, in my opinion, one of the better players in the league than, in, with Caleb Williams. So, you know, a guy who won games by himself at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Whether we want to say it or not, he did. To, for that guy to be a freshman, to be that young a player and, another, and a couple other guys to leave and go west, that hurts any program. Sami talking a little Sooners. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Caleb Williams won games by himself. What do you think about that take? Um, that's plural, by the way. He didn't say a game by himself. He said multiple games. Yeah, did it alone, huh? Uh, I guess if you count stripping the ball from Kennedy Brooks, your Heisman moment from a season ago, and uh what else what's the other one texas yeah well he's he's got to be referencing texas and kansas which is a as a former wide receiver coach i'm a little bit disappointed in that take that he didn't say that marvin mims won a game by himself you know what i mean (laughs) well you win as a team and you lose when someone else individually messes up that's how we look at this thing right you point the finger at one person when you lose, but when you win, you do it as a team. It's a team sport. Uh, yeah, I, I thought a lot of the things he said in there were uh, were pretty good. Um, interesting about uh, Coach Venables coming back to Oklahoma. So fascinating. What's he doing now? I um, he was at at least a few OU games last year because. I mean, his his son is on the team. You and I were talking before. He's not involved in the XFL, right? I, I'm going to go and look uh, at the XFL know. head coaches. I didn't think that he was, but I could be totally wrong about that. He may just be hanging USFL. out. USFL. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. he's the head coach of the Houston Gamblers in the USFL. Okay, good for him. Okay. Yeah, I had the league uh, backwards. Yeah, he was out there at Arizona um, from 2018 to 2020. Now he's uh, he's coaching the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. Okay, there you go. He's been around, man. He's he's been all over the place now. Uh, obviously, it was Oklahoma in the early two thousands before he took that head coaching job at Houston. Did a really good job there, and uh, boy, he hit Texas A and M at the right time uh, with the whole Manz- Manziel situation. That that deal blew up. Uh, he got paid a ton of money there. And then, uh, obviously, it soured a bit, but dude's been all over the place coaching. Well, he hit A&M at the right time, too, for – and I don't remember exactly what his buyout was. Let's see. He got a ten, he got a $10.4 million buyout, according to SB Nation. Hey-o. That's from A&M. From Arizona, it looks like his buyout was seven, over $7 million, about $7.3 million at the time of his firing. 
So we're talking about a, over okay. s- about 18 mil just in buyout money alone. Kevin Sumlin has lived the American dream as a college football coach. Good for him. You know, I bet he's earned more in buyout money than he has in contract money while he's still at a university. You know, is it weird for me to really hope that that's true, especially since the schools were Arizona and A&M? Right. I was about to say, I, I definitely hope that that's true. Uh, that would be awesome. That's the American dream, isn't it? It is. What I, yeah. Isn't that the American dream? Oh, to get, make more money uh, when you're fired than whenever you were working? In, like, a no-pressure situation with the Houston Gamblers, make it a little bit still yeah. on the side, too. Man, I envy that guy. Yeah. I envy that guy. Just to hang around the game. No, no but he, he was, um, you know, coming off that 2012 season – where Johnny Football won the Heisman, they won the Cotton Bowl. It was there was a real strong belief ten years ago that A and M was about to turn the corner. And buddy, watch out because he had the swag copter at the time. He had that helicopter yep. he would take to high school games. It pains me to even say it, um, but looking back ten years ago, A and M was viewed as kind of like the cool school. You know, a, uh, Lincoln did the eyeball emojis. But Summy was one of the first ones to do the yes sir on uh, Twitter after he got a after he got a commit. Here's what's interesting: um, like his first year at A and M, they went to the Cotton Bowl. We all remember that game, okay? But it steadily got worse. He went to the Cotton, then the Chick Fil A, then the Liberty then the Music City, then the Texas, and then the Belk. It, it, it's like it's the, it's the spiral down the, the whole bowl system right there. It's a Lincoln-Riley? Is that, is that what it is? The A&M's Lincoln-Riley? Yeah. But, hey, I, I think it, it just goes to show that if you've got a quarterback at A&M, you got a chance. The problem is... They've had one. He won the Heisman. They won a Cotton, and that's really about it. Ever since they haven't had one, I it doesn't look very promising that they have one now. And if they don't, guess what they are? They're an eight and five program. Yeah, you know, you know what? Nine sunk, and four. You know what sunk him is he actually had two five star quarterbacks in back to back classes. Kyle Allen leaves, and Kyler Murray leaves. Now, if Kyle yeah. Allen stays at A and M. I don't think the result is that much different. But if Kyler Murray stays at A&M and he's developed the way that he was at OU, I mean, whatever, I mean, it's, it, it, it could have been, it's very fair to say it could have, it could have looked a little bit different for Summy at A&M if Kyler stays down there. Yeah, I think you can blame a lot of that on Kingsbury, right? Kingsbury's the, uh, he got a lot of those guys there, and then they all kind of bailed whenever he yeah. took that Tech job, right? Yeah. I think 13 was his first year at Tech. He left after that 2012 season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fascinating. Nice little trip down memory lane there with uh, Coach Really, Sumlin. really He was is. awesome. I loved him whenever he was at Oklahoma. Um, only had – was it two years? Did, did, was was he there with – no, just, just my uh, – my senior year, he was uh, he was there. I mean, he was there later, but as far as my crossover, um, 
Really enjoyed him. He was a cool dude. Really, really. You good know, guy. he has a um, he has a permanent kind of role in terms of uh, OU history that you can never take away from him. He is mentioned in the Malcolm Kelly rap. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? You, you don't remember that part? No, I don't remember. Holla Am I the at only Coach person? Holla at the Stoops? Yes, you're the only person that doesn't know that. Okay. I don't have the entire lyrics memorized. There's <laughs> is there some is there a Sooner fan somewhere that has the entire lyrics of the Malcolm Kelly rap tattooed on their body? I if uh, not, there should be. If there was ever a shirtless day at Owen Field, twenty five percent of the fans there, you would see some sort of a tattoo from the Malcolm Kelly rap. If you were gonna get one line from the Malcolm Malcolm Kelly rap tattooed on your rib cage isn't that where everyone does it now uh vertically what would you get well first off mine would be lower back it would be a tramp stamp not on my rib cage uh but it would be nebraska corn huskers man we diminish on on, on the tramp stamp is what it would be you, you, yes. can, you can quote me on that you can quote me man we diminish love it that's fantastic uh i had to uh ugh. I had to type out the toughest tweet that I've ever had to put out today. It was really hard. Oh, no. Yeah. You picked Tennessee to win the SEC East? <laughs> no, not that. Not, no? not that tough. Oh. Not that tough. Okay. But I had to give an homage to you a little bit. It, it is indeed 11 days until kickoff in Norman. And that wasn't the hard part. It's just, ugh. <laughs> I was a total simp on this one, to be honest with you. I totally conceded into – Number 11 might be the most successful jersey number in OU football history. And I just did it for the likes and retweets, man. Jack Mildren. Yeah, that's good. Tinker Owens. Daryl Royal. Bobby Warmack, Ante Jones. Teddy Lehman. D.D. Westbrook. Nick Benito. And, of course, Davis Bevel. Right. Um, well, I love the fact that, and I think it was the right move, but you, you had to include a bunch of other people in there, you know. You didn't just uh, – it wasn't just a shout-out to, <laughs> yes. to me as number yeah, 11. You right. went ahead and threw a bunch of other guys in there. But that was smart, and that was the right thing to do. Um, Jack Mildren, amazing. Tinker Owens, amazing. Don't know a whole lot about uh, Daryl K. Royal's time at the University of Oklahoma. But I know Ante Jones, he was awesome. DD, Nick Benito. I guess Nick Benito is uh, doing pretty good right now in preseason training camp. So uh, that's a good sign. I guess Daryl Royal only wore 11 for one year. I think it maybe was his last year at OU. You wore number 54 for your first year, 11 your last three. What's the process? That's of, right. What's the process, especially after coming off of your true freshman year? of getting your number changed? Because I feel like now that process would be a little bit easier because everything is so pro player. But all those years ago, way back when, when you were actually playing, I don't feel like it would have been as open for just someone to randomly change their number like that. Well, it probably wouldn't have been if it wasn't Coach Venable's idea. I think there was multiple things involved, but one of them, he was like, we've got to get you out of that ugly-ass 54. <laughs> I do you believe know? that that was probably a direct quote, by the way. 
I, and I'll tell you what's funny. <laughs> they had so at the time, all the practice jerseys for eleven were quarterback jerseys because, you know, I guess this was really before. I mean, I guess uh, it was, there was people wearing uh, lower digit numbers on defense, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But and it was late. Like I, I changed in in training camp of that year. I didn't change like before spring ball. It was all the way in training camp. So I guess they had already ordered all the practice jerseys and everything. So my practice jersey was a uh, a quarterback jersey. So it has like the huge sleeves nice. instead of the tight sleeves. So I was the butt of a bunch of jokes because of that. But uh, it was worth it. It was definitely worth I'm it. I'm looking at the OU roster from 2001 that's posted on yeah. Husker Max, a Nebraska website. You are not listed as number 11. You are not listed as number 54. Somehow some Nebraska mm-hmm. website thought that you were number 44 on the list. You look like the only player really? that's 44? out of Yeah, it looks like you're the only player on here that was kind of out of list in the, in the wrong number. Nice. Huh. Okay. That's weird. They weren't ready but... to give you number 44 just yet back in 2001. No, 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 no. That's strange. You and Hunter Wall huh. did share a number, though. Or at least he was 11 at, at some point that year. Right. Yeah, well, and that was that was part of it, too, uh, for that fake punt that we ran against Kansas State. But I don't know. It, it, was, it was the best move ever for me. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> 54 just wouldn't have looked that cool running into the end zone hey, in the Cotton Bowl. I still have the 54... Uh, I still have the 54 jersey at my house from the national championship game and the picture at fullback blocking for Josh Heupel to prove it. No wonder you're scared. I think I've, have I showed you that picture before? Um, I think I have. I feel like I've seen every single bit of memorabilia that you have because everyone always texts us and says, hey, did I get scammed? I just bought this off someone, and it has Teddy Lehman's autographs, and then you send me a picture from your house of that exact same jersey or that exact same helmet. <laughs> so, yes, I've seen it all. Hey, real quick before we get to Bob, uh, Douglas Miles just messaged and says, does the station have a plan of attack for this Friday, for the Friday in Omaha before OU Nebraska? Yes, Douglas. It was um, actually announced today, or at least we found out today, we're going to be at the Session Room in Omaha Friday before OU Nebraska. Oh. Session Room, I believe that's right behind home plate of TD Ameritrade Park. Um, so, yeah, that's where we'll be. Uh, we'll be there from noon to six. What is that, six, like a, noon to six on Friday. a jazz location or something? I, I hope so. Or a blues? I, jazz I or blues. I feel like it's a, a, a session of music or something that that's named after. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Session right. Room. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. By the way, hanging out at an awesome spot today. I'm at Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. Uh, Really, really cool. They make the best burgers in town. Fantastic stuff. Always got great deals. They have an awesome bar here, too, with TVs. They have the best margaritas in town. I'll tell you more about uh, what all's going on here as the day rolls on. We'll be back with Coach Stoops next. Favorite segment of the week. Because we get to talk to Coach Bob Stoops, brought to you by Modelo. Bob, as always, thank you for joining us. It's uh, it's 11 days until kickoff for OU. 
Teddy wore number 11. We were going down memory lane <laughs> of Teddy changing from the number 54 to the number 11. Teddy tells it as if uh, Brent Venables told him that 54 was ugly and he needed to change his number. <laughs> well, you better listen to Brent. But uh, I tell you what, that highlight reel is pretty long of Teddy. So everybody, they're going to have to sit tight and watch the whole thing. Well, it would have looked uh, not nearly as good had I been wearing 54. Just not nearly as pleasing to the eye. Um, hey, uh, they've wrapped too, up you camp. Were too fast. You were too fast to wear 54. <laughs> yeah, it's not sleek. It's not sexy. You need something a little bit better uh, than the blocky exactly right. 54. Those old school backers, uh, a lot of respect for those guys. But um, broke camp, they, uh, for the most part, have stayed pretty healthy so far, uh, and, and I know you've been up there to see the team quite a bit. What's been your impression so far as they've uh, you know, gotten really close here to gearing up for the season? I think they look really good. I, I think they're in great shape overall. Um, I don't think there's been many really uh, big injuries. I know our, our roof, our one linebacker with a bicep tear, but I think other than that, everyone else is kind of set to go. And uh, I think I think they've looked good. I, I think there's more depth probably than people think. I know the way they work, the guys with the first, second, third, or ABC different groups or different names. They have all of them. They all these guys are ready to play. You know, they all understand what they're doing. Uh, so I'm I'm anxious to watch them. One of your former quarterbacks might need some advice. Baker Mayfield was announced the starter yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. He was talking to the media. I think maybe it was earlier today. He said that his wife is currently mad at him. He's in the doghouse, Coach, because his wife is having to pack the home back in Cleveland, and he can't be there, so she's really mad at him. I know that you had some uh, changing of jobs from Manhattan to Gainesville, from Gainesville to Norman. I don't know if you have any advice to Baker or not, even though he's trying to get ready for a season. Well, I know one time uh, – no, it's pretty tough when you're in at that, you know, at, at that point in your life. You just got to go do what you got to do, but – I remember one time we were moving homes when we were playing in the Rose Bowl. So I left. When we left for the Rose Bowl, we, uh, you know, the house was kind of packed and ready to go. And and we came back. We were in another house. And I would just tell Baker, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that need jobs right now. So that's why you just go and hire somebody. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I don't think there's any – Better money spent than uh, exactly. than hiring movers because that is, is the worst worst thing than ever. That's the worst. I know oh, that's tough. It's brutal, 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 brutal. Um, I was thinking about something. You know, we've got the the non conference game up in Lincoln, and that's going to be awesome. That atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, you know, big game obviously for for both teams. But I was wondering, you know. The not how the non-conference games get scheduled. Uh, did Josie ever bring like an idea about a non-conference, like a home and home or something, where you're like, absolutely not, no way, we should not do that. Um, I don't know that I ever. Obviously, I would we one year we played, uh, golly, we played like Oregon and Alabama in the same year. So obviously, I didn't say no a whole lot. Um, you know what? So it was just. Joe was always great at, you know, making sure I agreed with what their philosophy was and who 
we were trying to schedule. He and Kenny Mossman were always working on it uh, with me. So, um, no, I, I don't recall ever saying absolutely not. And if you look at our track record of all the teams we played through my 18 years, there's a lot of big names on there. So uh, we went everywhere, played everybody, and and again, sometimes we were. I, I do. I think it was Oregon and you in Alabama in the same season. So anyhow, it, it's uh, you know we we believed if you're going to be a you know a top ten team, then then you uh, you know you play other like top ten fifteen teams, and we knew the fans loved it, and that was just our philosophy that we'll play anybody and anywhere. So. Coach Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. Go check out some rock and roll tequila as well, especially since we actually have some college football this weekend. And speaking of Nebraska, and speaking of non-conference schedules, Nebraska and Northwestern, they're playing in Dublin, Ireland on Saturday. Would you have ever had any interest in playing a football game in a place like Dublin, Ireland? Or would you have preferred to maybe keep it closer to the States instead? Well, no, I, we uh, we would have preferred to keep it with one of our fan bases, uh, that's for sure. But I was at early years at Kansas State when we flew, uh, we postponed our game with Nebraska, K-State, uh, to, it was one of our home games, I'm sure. And we moved it to uh, Tokyo, Japan. And we were in Japan and played it like the last game of the year. In Japan, and us in Nebraska flew over on the same plane, and after the game, flew back on the same plane. So, uh, <laughs> wow. that was before my, our early years at Kansas State, before we started to go into bowl games and things like that. And that was sort of, I think, Coach Snyder's feeling to give us a taste of what a bowl game was like. I think we went over for four or five days, played the game, and then flew back. But anyway, that was uh, that was different, very different to fly over with the other team and back. Now that I think about it, that must have been a thing there for a little while. Wasn't Barry Sanders in Japan whenever he won the Heisman? Like when that was announced, I feel like I don't I feel I like that was a thing. That, but, I think uh, in '88 they may have played a bowl game there, or they played like Texas Tech or something over there. Yeah, there was an All Star game over there. I know back in the day, but anyhow. Um, it's uh, And in those years, you know, that was our early years, Coach Snyder's early years at Kansas State, when we actually had signed a contract for I don't know how many years to play every year in Nebraska because we didn't sell out. And, and I don't know whoever thought of that, but Coach Snyder, to, <laughs> you know, good for him. He got that changed as quick as he could. He goes, oh, no, we're not playing every year in Nebraska, not anymore. So, uh, so anyhow, wow. that was just back in those early uh, early days with Coach Snyder back in uh, kind of 89, 90, uh, those years. Well, that's awesome. I, the, the last thing I had for you is we're getting close. We got games this weekend, and I know you're, you're not doing the, uh, the TV role this year, so you may not, you may not know, but I was going to see if you had uh, your guess or, or what your prediction on the four playoff teams would be at the end of the year. Oh, man. Uh, I think, uh, you know, kind of like everyone right now, I'd go uh, Ohio State, Alabama, um, OU, and Georgia. Um, 
Uh, I know Clemson's popular and they're usually in it, but they had a rough year last year. And uh, we'll see how much better they can be, you know. But the only reason I'm keeping them out of the mix right now. And uh, But that, that would be my guess. Yeah, not a bad one. I think that's a... Uh... That's a really high likelihood, and I think that that would make for an awesome four-team playoff. Yeah. All right, Coach. Hey, we appreciate you stopping by the show, and uh, look forward to talking to, talk with you next week. All right, guys. Great to be with you. Boomer Sooner. All right, Boomer Sooner. All right, uh, quick timeout. Hanging out at Bad Daddy's Burger Bar, uh, dude, that was awesome. Uh, that was, that <laughs> they was really cool. And, and, in and Japan. So, and, and someone, it was Kendall that tweeted both of us. He found the game. Uh, it was de- December 5th, 1992. The game started at 10 p.m. Central Time, which Nebraska fans, wow. 10 p.m., their fans have been asleep by about four hours <laughs> at, at 10 p.m. Are you kidding me? They missed they that fell game. They asleep after supper. They missed that game. Uh, Nebraska won funny. that day 38-24 to over K-State. So K-State actually played them tough over there in Tokyo. Can you believe, though, they flew on the same plane over there? In 1992, How insane would that have been? In 1992, yes, I can. Um, nowadays, I don't. Surely, Nebraska and Northwestern did not fly together to Dublin. There's no way. No way. I think in 1992, you could still smoke on an airplane, so I bet <laughs> half of the players and coaches – we're having cigarettes together uh, on the way well, over. Well, you know Coach Switzer definitely would have been uh, smoking on the plane <laughs> if OU played out there. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Bad Daddy's Burger Bar today. Uh, they've got great televisions in here, really cool atmosphere to hang out, watch some sports, uh, full-service bar here, some of the best margaritas in town. They've got a big uh, um, draft list, all kinds of different beers on draft. So come see us here up here at Bad Daddy's. We'll be back. It is the rush live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Good stuff as always from Coach Stoops. That was a that was a really fun interview. Patrick says Barry Sanders rushed for 332 yards in Japan against Texas Tech the last game of the year. That was 1988. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I could have sworn that he was in Japan when they had the Heisman Trophy that, ceremony. That may have been right, um, which a couple of things there that aren't shocking. Barry Sanders dominated, and Texas Tech still couldn't stop the run all the way back in 1988. <laughs> Some things just never change. Uh, that that season that Barry Sanders had that year, it, it has to be the greatest season statistically by any college football player. Yeah, um, I feel like it's widely regarded as one of the best, if not the best, single season. Didn't he have like 50-something touchdowns? In 1988, I can't wait for that text to to come across. That's funny. It's worth it, though. That's great. Yeah, um, just incredible numbers. I, his, his touchdown numbers were insane, and wasn't this like where they? This is before they counted it 
like your bowl stats or something so. too. Yeah, I think that's right. Douglas Miles says Kansas State also played in Norman five years in a row, eighty-eight to ninety-two. It made more money selling home games to Nebraska and Oklahoma than it did hosting the game at its own stadium. When people said yeah. back then that it was the worst job or the worst program in college football, I look no further than just that. I mean, if you're a Kansas State fan, you couldn't even watch your team play at home against the marquee opponents, Nebraska and OU. That's bad. Yeah. You turn it around. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. No doubt. That's uh, that's brutal. I mean, when you're not even trying at that point. You're just, you know, you're sending – you're sending the team out to the slaughter just to try and make a few bucks. Um, bad deal. Um, pretty wild. A lot of people saying, uh, I thought Teddy wore number 69 while at OU. Ooh. Someone photoshopped that for us. Twitter Sean, if you're out there listening, <laughs> photoshop that one for us, please. Come on. Hey, come on, man. That'll be online forever. I've got a kid growing up. Oh, God, that's true. He'll he'll grow up wanting to wear that number in T-ball next year or something. <laughs> If, would I be a bad parent if I suggested that? Well, you wouldn't hey, be. He's not in T-ball anymore. This is this is the big leagues. I'm actually – I've got to stay limber. I'm throwing the game tonight, uh, Coach that. Pitch. I heard about that. Would you be a bad parent? Yes. Would you be the worst parent that I've seen this week on social media? No. That goes to the <laughs> Cleveland Browns fan holding up the sign with his son supporting Deshaun Watson. And I can't even yeah. say on air what that sign read. Oh, my gosh. Did you see that? Well, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, pretty bad. Pretty, um, not pretty bad, really bad. But nonetheless, we learned, if anything else, today, if the rest of the show is a failure, we learned that, Kansas State and Nebraska rode on the same plane to Japan to play in a bowl game. And I think there's I, that I, is just wild. And I think there's no doubt there was at least twenty Nebraska high level boosters along on that plane as well. Doing annoying Oh yeah. Go big red chance probably on that plane. And the Kansas State players and coaches had to sit through that. I'll tell you what's funny though. I believe, and I'm not, maybe someone can text in and verify this. I feel like it wasn't always a thing that the entire team got to go on bowl trips. Like, that was like kind of a perk for the, uh, the obviously the starters, the two and three deep, and like maybe some upperclassmen. But like, I don't know that all the redshirt freshmen and every single person got to take the trip and i'm guessing if you got two teams flying on the same plane even though it's probably a 747 which can you imagine that taking off from lincoln uh to fly to japan on on one tank of fuel but i'm, I'm guessing they were it was probably limited rosters don't you think yeah they're on the same plane well especially for kansas states you know if they're not playing a home game and flying to japan to play it it's like, um, I remember Idaho State, that, which is funny. We were just randomly talking about the 2009 season during the break. But Idaho State rolled into Norman in 2009, and they ran out of the tunnel, and I swear it felt like they brought about 25 players. 
They did not bring it their entire like roster. Necessary roughness. I, they were playing Iron Man football. It's like they brought eleven players, and everyone has to play both sides of the ball, and they're going to figure out who's going to kick and punt as the game goes on. Yeah. Well, hey, don't don't laugh too hard at that. Kansas State did the same thing in twenty twenty okay, and ripped our tail. I don't know why you had to bring that up, but that is a, not only did they do that, they overcame two twenty one point deficits. Guess we just right. want to live in misery today or something. Yeah. Well, hmm. Fascinating. Uh, there's some good stuff out there, though. I heard you guys talking some recruiting. That was pretty interesting. Um, I, now that he's not on there, you can tell. You can tell me. You can tell us. Our extended family is Parker Thune. Is he drinking the OU Kool Aid a little bit? If they get all the recruits that he thinks they're going to get, we'll have, like, close to the number one class in the country. Yeah, like that, that you're saying, is he drinking the Kool-Aid too much, like thinking that they have a chance to get all those? Yeah. No, I, no, I, I don't think that that's what the discussion was. I mean, I think you are drinking the Kool-Aid if, he, if you think that they're getting every single one of those recruits that he named off, but... I mean, they're, they're getting Macari Vickers on on Friday. Um, David Hicks is sounding pretty good. I don't need to go down the list here. They're not going to get all of those right. guys, but will they get a majority of those guys? Yes, but if they get a majority of that, will that land the number two overall class? No. We were just kind of – like someone was asking if OU could get the number two class, and we said, well, by the numbers, yeah, but here's what would have to happen, and there's a slim chance that all of this happens. He was never saying that OU's going to get all those two guys yeah. or all those guys and get the number two class. Um, I had to. It, he, he's not drinking the Kool Aid. I had to talk him into putting OU in the college football playoff yesterday. I said, "Hey, we're getting close to this thing. What's your four? He okay. didn't put. He didn't put OU in it at first. I said, "What?" And then ten seconds later, he changed to put OU in, and I said, "Okay, all right, good deal." What's the um? What's the what's the scoop on the Evans kid? On uh, Anthony Evans, uh, fifty-five yeah. forty-five to Georgia right now. Yeah, Georgia's in. Are there any worries about wide receiver recruiting? No, we mentioned that today. I mean, you've already got what two commits in this class, and you know they found Jaden Gibson really late last year. And I don't know if there's a Jaden Gibson that's uncommitted or going to be uncommitted at that time late this year, but you can always, you can go get someone via the portal if you need to. They just did that a few months ago, getting two wide receivers via the portal. J.J. Yeah. Hester and L.V. Bunkley-Shelton. Well, and what, they lost that, that one kid the, that decommitted uh, and went to Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he, he took a visit. I wonder if he'll come back. He challenged, I don't think so, he challenged the... Uh, the visit policy, and um, he was very soon after at Oregon. I, as we like to say, he messed around and found out. He was the first person do you to think, test that. Uh, hypothetically, do you think, let's say, uh, things at Oregon, for whatever reason, have soured. Maybe Oregon is terrible this year. What, like, whatever. If, if he had second thoughts, do you think that, uh, Venables would allow him to to come back, or is it over? I almost feel like you're asking me something, but also hinting at something at the same time. 
No, I'm just I'm just curious. Are you sure you're not hinting? Because we at haven't anything? seen that happen. No, I'm not hinting at anything. Okay. Um. No, honestly, I think they probably moved on from that. At your, and you're talking about Ashton Cozart, four star wide receiver. I I would guess now. What if he was a five star? Then yes. <laughs> then yes. <laughs> hey, maybe even a three star. You've seen what happened with the three stars they've recruited. They instantly uh, rise up to four star talent. That's what happens now. We're finally in the club that gets to add a star to our recruits just because they commit to us. And what a club to be in. I mean, that's how you get high-range recruiting classes is, oh, he's a three-star and he's going to Oklahoma. Eh, high four-star instantly. Yeah. They, Love it. They did have a, an offensive lineman, Heath Ozida, that uh, three-star to four-star composite now in the composite rankings. Heath Ozida was a three-star. Now he's a four-star. So. It just I mean, continues sometimes to happen. it happens on signing day, whenever, like whenever you did it Whatever. for Caleb Kelly. Uh, yeah, that may have happened back then. That may have happened. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one here from Bad Daddy's Burger Bar next. Ned but, left hey, I've, I've got a reason to have built-in bias. Uh, Fune is from Nebraska. You don't think he can be positive about OU since he's from Nebraska? It's a fair point. Honestly. I'm – no, no, no. I was just just making conversation about Cruton. That's all. Burley – Hey, bur- yeah. I, I, I think that I, – I actually agree with him on – a lot of those names, especially on the defensive side, I feel like I feel like there's a high probability that they get those guys, which you know could. I don't know where it lands you at the end of the day with with all the other teams and everything. Do you have the number three or four, two class? I don't know about that, but I know a lot of those names on there. They actually feel really, really good about. Burley Boomer says, you know what's really going to suck when Texas gets skull-dragged by Alabama and the world is going to lump OU in with them on coming to the SEC. Like Texas represents us and the Big 12, another reason to really hate the horn. Yeah, there's some truth to that, but here's the thing. That doesn't matter at all because in one year's time, we'll be playing in the SEC and – we'll be able to fend for ourselves and it won't matter what anyone else thinks. And if you do 10 seconds of research, you can see that the university of Texas has been hot garbage for a decade. Well, that's 12 seconds too much for the uh, national media folks out there. Come on now. Probably true. Um, There's been a lot of stories this off season. We've talked about where it's, Oh my gosh, we, we need the season to get here. If we're writing and talking about this. Um, no better example of a graphic that I saw today. This is how bad we need football to actually start. I saw a list on Twitter, best suburb of every Big 12 city. <laughs> what? The best, sub- what? the best suburb of every Big 12 city. Now, you heard that right. Uh, well, is a Big 12 city 
Like, does that have to be – like, would you consider Oklahoma City a Big 12 city? Is that what they're saying? Um, no, I mean, it, it's, it's the actual – yeah, it's just actual Norman. Now, like, some of these, like, Kansas City – is obviously bigger than Lawrence, but they're saying, like, that's the best suburb of Lawrence is Kansas City. Which I know is the other way around, but you, you get it. Yeah, that's stupid. The only suburb of Norman is Noble. Uh, what about Goldsby? I guess more. Goldsby, yeah, Goldsby counts. Well, none of those are don't on the list. Don't you have to be really linked, though, like, don't your city limits – well, I guess the city limits of Goldsby and Norman do actually run up against each other. I don't know. That's a weird – that is a very weird uh, headline. According to, to this list, the best suburb of Norman, it's not Goldsby. It's not Moore. It's not Oklahoma City. It is Edmond. <laughs> Edmond is listed as the best suburb of Norman on this. Don't Edmund my Norman. There was once a bumper sticker around here. Now it's the best suburb. Okay, well, what's the best? I mean, that's the best suburb of Stillwater. It's more of a suburb of that, Stillwater than it is, is Norman. That is a great point, 100%. It does feel like an OSU town up there. Absolutely. What's what's OSU's? Um, Stillwater. It's supposed to be Glencoe, but they spelled it Gelencoe. They, they spelled it completely <laughs> wrong. Well, I've never even heard of either one of them, the bad spelling or the good spelling. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about that. Uh, what a bad article. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. we got hour number two here from Bad Daddies next.